praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Are you primed and ready for the word of God this morning? We continue our celebration, 20 years of what God has done in our lives. Will you please stand to your feet once again and welcome my favorite speaker in the whole world, my favorite girl, Pastor Kim and Denise Anderson. Give her a God bless you. You got to test where you are, you know, you got to see, okay, how far can I go, bless God, amen. You know, the truth is, pastors already essentially preached the message, <laughs> but because God said, say it, I'm going to say <laughs> bless the name of the Lord. I'm so honored to be here this morning, uh, to be standing in this position to minister the word of God. I don't take that lightly, and I thank you for coming. <laughs> Amen. Lord, we just thank you so much for your word. It's by your word that we live, God. It's by your word, God, that we can even have faith. We thank you, God, because your word has already changed our life. But God, we know there's more. So we're going to dig into your word this morning and we're asking that you speak. Now, God, I'll open my mouth. And I thank you that you feel it, filled it, but now I'm asking you to speak through me, Lord. God, encourage your people. Let there be a word said today, God, that will set their souls on fire to continue with you and to run on to all that you have for them, Lord. We thank you this morning, Father God, that in this house there will be signs, wonders, and miracles to confirm your word, God. We thank you, Lord, that we won't just be forgetful hearers, God, but we'll be doers of your word. I love you so much, Father, and I thank you for this honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. 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 While you're standing, let's read uh, a couple of verses. And you all know me. I don't know how to teach without using the Bible. <laughs> but my girl's running the uh, screen tonight or this morning. When I preach, I need Olivia. I love all the media. Yeah. But she just gets me. <laughs> Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Verses 7 through 9. It says this. It says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Verse 9. Be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Hallelujah. Verse 9 said, do not be carried away with strange, one uh, version said strange and exotic teachings. It says, for it is a good thing that your heart be established by grace, be established by what we've been learning is the supernatural ability of God, right? Now, it says not with meat. We're going to look at that as just saying not with things of the law, right? or things, the uh, restrictions and different things that these different teachings come accompanied with, all right? But we're gonna focus today on how to get our hearts established. We're gonna look at the established heart, amen? So this morning I'm gonna be your spiritual cardiologist. Hallelujah, we're gonna work a little bit more on this soul because if we will be honest with ourselves, the praise and worship we've had this morning, the songs we've sang, you know, the prophecies we received, great words, great, great, great but that's not our first time experiencing that, is it? No. 
No. But if, if God is speaking these awesome and wonderful things over our lives, then that means our lives are supposed to be matching up with the things he's speaking. Now here's the problem, is that we hear the things, we get excited about the things, but because our souls have not yet, or our hearts have not yet been established, right? Those things leave us. And we find ourselves in the same state that we were in Saturday night at about 11.30. It get kind of sketchy. Saturday night about 11.30 because you know you gotta go to church tomorrow and you're home and you're sitting. But this morning we're gonna look at the established heart. In that uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse eight, uh, that established heart, I'm sorry, verse nine, that established heart is the Greek word cardia. Cardia. The same place we get that prefix cardio for cardiology and cardiography. It means heart. But here's what it, it, it spells out to be for us today. It's the soul or mind. As it is the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, endeavors. It's the center of who you really are. Your heart. You know, people talk about getting to the heart of a matter. Well, this morning we're going to look at getting to the heart of ourselves. We're going to look at where our thoughts come from, where our passions come from, where our desires, our appetites, our affections, our purposes, our endeavors. Where are they coming from? Well, this morning we want to get to a place where they're coming out of what? An established heart. Now, from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, we're not going to be deep with this one. Established simply means to make firm or stable. We're going to stabilize our hearts this morning. We're going we're gonna to fix the irregular soul heartbeats. Right? We're going to get things going at a constant rhythm, right? We don't want any dysrhythmia. We want a constant rhythm. We want to stay in line, in post with the word of God and the move of God. Amen? Now, when I have to minister, I don't have a this journal of prescripted uh, messages, you know. Normally when I study, I study on the back of an envelope, a piece of paper, a napkin, a receipt. You know, little pieces of fly paper all over the place. But when I need to minister a word, I say, God, these are your people. What do you want to say to them? He says, now today I don't want to really say anything new. He says, I want to go back over something which was really right now for you all, one of the most powerful words I've yet to release in the house. However, because of where we were and what we were celebrating, many of us left that word right there on that other church's pew. And God said, yes, our man of God released it in another house, but it was for this house and it was for this people. And if we would go ahead and get this, we can stop waiting and hoping for things to come, we'll go ahead and manifest it. So on October 17th, 2018, real recent, our man of God spoke a prophetic message, message and he said this is the time for increase. That ministry, like ourselves, are turning 20, and he showed us methodically, man, how that number 20 means to be established, right? Now, I'm past 20. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And 
And I said, okay, God, amen. 20 means a step. I got excited for the ministry, excited for the things that he was going to now do through the ministry because now we are stepping over into a, a time period in God where now we can start expecting increase. Then Pastor Danny came in and he talked about that number 20 and he put on that number 20 the word expectancy. Now God said, no, a lot of people heard that word expectancy and said, oh, well, I thought pastor said established. I thought pastor said established. Can you, t can you get with me on this and understand that expectancy and established are the exact same thing. You cannot have, come on, any expectation of anything when there has not been a foundation established. Right? So expectancy and established, exact same word. He said, but my people missed it. My people missed it. Now, okay, Pastor Kim, but he was talking about the church turning 20. And, you know, I'm not turning 20. I've not been in the ministry 20 years. I've not been saved 20 years. What, I got to walk this thing out until I hit 20 years before all of this manifests in my life? Absolutely not. We're talking about a time period in God where God is doing something in 5779, lining up with things that were started in 1998. This is a time period where a whole lot of things are colliding. Remember, our man of God told us that every prophetic word you've heard thus far is for now. So it's no coincidence. I don't care if you've been saved one month. I don't care if you've been saved 80 years. I don't care if you just got saved last night. Listen, this is the perfect time for you to manifest everything God wants for you. But we've just got to get that heart established, all right? Now, where do I want to go next? Let's look at Isaiah 26. I just want to prove to you that your heart's got to be established. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. He says here that he will keep him in perfect shalom. In perfect shalom, in perfect prosperity, health, wellness, happiness, Man, anything good you can think of is encompassing that word. Look at that. Whose mind is stayed. That word in the Hebrew stayed means established. Whose mind is established on him. Why? Because I trust in him. So, he will keep me in perfect financial order, in perfect physical order. Come on in perfect family order. He'll get my business going right. He'll get me on a path toward prosperity if I keep my mind established on him because he trusted me. Now, once we get established, there's something we've got to start expecting and that's expecting increase. Remember what the man of God said? The moment you get established, it's the time for increase. Skip down in that same chapter to verse 15. Thou hast, look at that, Increase the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified and hast removed it far into all the ends of the earth. So once they were established in their minds, the next thing that came out for these people was increase. The same thing will happen for you and I. Watch this. Go to 2 Chronicles. I just want to prove this for you before we move on. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 9. 
Look at this. We know this is Jehoshaphat. This is the passage of scripture our man of God used. But look at this. It says, if when evil cometh upon us, if when. Now, it doesn't have to come, but it may come. And why may it come? Because we live in this world. And all of those things are out here in this world. It says, if when evil comes on us as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and we cry unto thee in our affliction, then you will hear and you will help. Now, a lot of us get in a place where I believe you, God. I heard what the man of God said. And then, if when happens. Something comes that you weren't expecting. Something comes that doesn't line up with your confession. Something comes that doesn't line up with the seed you sowed. But guess what? It doesn't matter. We see here that he will hear and he will help. Now drop down to verse 20. And they arose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Here it is. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. You believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. So before I can prosper, I've got to be established. Right? Man of God said that. Nothing deep about that, right? Not right now. But if I get established, I can now expect to prosper. All right. Now, listen to it for me in the International Children's Bible. Because sometimes I just have to go to that to enlighten my understanding. Amen? Trouble may come to us. It may be war, punishment, sickness, or a time of hunger. If it comes... What are we going to do if it comes? We will stand before you, before this temple where you have chosen to be worshipped. We will cry out to you when we are in trouble. Then you will hear and save us. Jehoshaphat's army went out into the desert of Tekoa early in the morning. And as they were starting out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, people of Judah and Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God, then you will stand strong. Have faith in the Lord's prophets, then you will what? Succeed. Then you will what? Succeed. Anybody want to succeed? Now, let me see if some people are being honest with me. Anybody willing to admit that for a little period of time, success has been eluding you? You know, this ain't, this ain't, this ain't it. We're definitely not gonna stop here, Lord, because this can't be it. <laughs> I mean, this is better. Now, we're not going to despise this small beginning. This is better. But this ain't it. This ain't what we just sang and danced about. Come on now. This ain't it. This ain't what the prophecy said. This ain't even what I sold for. Come on now. This can't be it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to do the same thing these people did. I'm going to get before God. And not in my prayer closet at the house. I'm coming to the temple and I'm going to let him know that I heard what you said and I'm believing you to deliver me and to save me. I believe your word that when it says if I believe and trust in you, if I have faith in you, I will be established. Come on. And if I believe the man and woman of God, I will what? Succeed. I will prosper. Now, Pastor Kim, I've been confessing that for 10 years and I'm still, you know, 
You know. Do you know what the problem is? It's a heart problem. You don't really believe it yet. But I do believe it, but I do. No. Because if you believed it, you wouldn't be. And if you believe it, you would be succeeding. Now, success is a journey. Success is not a destination. So don't get to, uh, you see, that's where most of us get messed up. We treat it like it's a destination. Soon, it, but man, if I can just get to retirement and get $1,500 a month coming in from that and $300 a month coming in from my Social Security and I get this and oh, I'm going to be good. If I can just get that promotion and they're paying me $53,000 a year, ooh, and they let me go finance that Toyota, and I'm, woo. Dang it. Oh, no, I know, I know. You went and built you one of those nice domain homes right there. It's a journey. It's a journey. I said success is a journey. You go from tending sheep, come on now, to carrying out bread and cheese to your brothers, come on, to now you playing the, the harp inside of the, the synagogues, planted in the palace, then you go from there, you're fighting battles, then you go, now the palace is yours. That's success, and it's a journey. It's not a destination. So if we would just, whew, loosen up a little bit, and let God carry you into success, man. You'll enjoy this a whole lot more. So we've got to build and lay the proper foundation. I said we've got to build and lay a proper foundation. When these things come, they're moving us and shaking us because we're not as established as we like to think we are. Listen, three conferences, a whole notebook of confessions, and quoting pastor every day does not mean you're established. It just means you are a very diligent person. You're a great note taker. But you're not fully established until you're doing and manifesting what you've been confessing. All right? Now, laying a foundation, it's like this. I would not try to take calculus, right? Higher level math if I've not taken algebra. If I see an X in a math problem and it makes me break out in cold sweats, right? There is no need to be walking around telling people I'm becoming an engineer. No, not yet. There's somewhere else you gotta go. You gotta back that thing up a little bit and go back to that intermediate algebra, pre-algebra, where they took you from two plus two equals four, so they went two plus two equals blank, then they went two plus blank equals four, then they said two plus X equals four. They want you to be able to draw the conclusion that that X is really just two. Don't let it fool you, right? But if that trips you up, please do not take your mama's money, your job's money, if you're an adult going back to school, and sign up for a calculus class when you know 
when you know in the 10th grade that little X tripped you up. Right? You don't do that. Why? Because the foundation isn't laid. Things are going to come to talk you out of what God has promised you. Pastor told us that. Things will come to talk you out of God saying yes to every promise. Things will come to talk you out of your divine health, to talk you out of your prosperity, to talk you out of your happiness, come on, to talk you out of your secure place in him. But we can't let that happen anymore, right? So how do I know if my heart's established? How do I know? Pastor Kim, I thought it was, but you're right, I, I'm not manifesting. You're right, I, you know, I'm working and I'm cashing my check. I'm not talking about working and cashing your check. I'm talking about getting to a place where what God is giving you outpaces your paycheck. I'm talking about getting to a place of supernatural manifestation. This is the year, we can't let this pass us by. This is the year of great manifestation. God said so. Then the man of God, our prophet said, this is the time for increase. So if I'm not seeing it, right, I've got to do what it takes to get it right. So how do I know? Man, I thought I was. I've been, I've been doing, I think I've been doing what y'all told me to do. I think there can be no questions. There can be no questions. If you're still asking God when, your heart's not established. If you're still asking God, why me? Your heart's not yet established. If you're still asking God, why did you do this to me? We're really in a really bad place because God didn't do it, right? All right, so there can be no questions. Let me prove it to you. Can we go to Romans chapter four, verse 19 through 25 in the message? I just did all of those verses because that's how the message Bible does it. But Romans 4, 19 in the message. It says, look at this. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred year old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades. Decades, that's 10X. Decades of infertility and give up. Oh God, I hear you. That's another way you know your heart's not established. When you give up. When you just say, you know what, I don't want it. I, I don't, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm done with that. I, I, I've, moved, I've, moved, I've moved on from that. All right, verse 20. He didn't, look at this. Tiptoe around God's promise Asking cautiously skeptical questions. He did not. God will give you houses you didn't build. But Lord, how you? How you? How you gonna give me a house I didn't build, Father? And you know, I'm, I'm trying to pay this rent and it just, it just, my mom and daddy don't even own their house, so how am I gonna get a house that, tiptoeing around God's promises with cautiously skeptical questions. See, he staggered not. Abraham was fully persuaded. And therefore he received, so no questions. 
How else do I know that my heart might not be established? There's no fear. I said there's no fear. I said there's no fear. No fear of running out, no fear of sickness and disease, no fear, man, no fear. No fear. Oh God, last night I was on the sofa and I woke up in sweat. Oh God, I think I got that, that sugar diabetes. Say we don't do it. Say we don't do it. Y'all laugh, but say we don't do it. 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 I'm just waiting for the honest folk to show up this morning. I'm gonna give them 10 more minutes to walk through the door. Come on. Your ankle swell. I said, your ankle swells. Oh God, while I'm in public, let me, let me sit down and put my, oh, let me, let me see, let me, let me just, let me just make sure. I'm in faith, but let me just make. But we're steadily confessing. No evil will befall me, no plague shall come nigh by dwelling. The moment you get a headache. I said the moment you get a headache, it ain't just a headache. Oh God, is it an aneurysm? Is it, oh Jesus, have mercy, Father God. Now you, instead of, come on now, believing God for what's coming next or what he's promised, you backed all the way up now. Now you back to your baby faith trying to he relieves my life from instruction. <laughs> no weapon formed against me. It shall not prosper. The headache ain't going nowhere. Why? Because you're full of fear. Which is just proof that your heart has not yet been established. Well, Pastor can prove that. Go to your favorite passage of scripture, Psalm number 112. Verses 7 and 8. I'm just trying to get us to our money. Oh, they don't want no money over there. Barry, I'm just trying to get us to our money. I'm just trying to get us to our divine health. I'm, 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 listen, 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 listen. 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 I'm really trying to get my 120. I'm trying to get you to your 120. But we can't do it if every time a hiccup comes, every time a pain comes, every time a swelling comes, we're confessing over ourselves death. Yeah, you're calling it, you're calling it in. I'm just trying to get us to a peaceful, happy home. That's, I mean, anybody? God's promised us quiet and peaceable habitations. My job is just to get us, listen, at least point you in the direction. Now, listen, I watch Gunsmoke all the time. And I know you can lead the horse to water. I say to my horses and a mule even worse. They just stand there looking at the water. Listen to me. 
listen to me. We gotta, number one, decide we want it. And if you don't want it, please kindly send me an email, say, Pastor Kim, listen, I like your church, I like your husband, y'all preach good, say it just like that too, y'all preach good, and y'all is funny. But I am completely, and spell it with an E at the end, satisfied with my 32,000, come on, dollar a year job, and I'm so satisfied, I just wanna come cause Latoya can really sing, and I don't really wanna hear all that there. Email that to me, and then I won't, then I will just praise and go on home. No. But I just got a feeling that in this house, Whatever it takes. Listen, I'm not talking about, listen, when I talk about this stuff, no questions, no fear, no boo-boos, I'm not saying you're not going to make mistakes along the way. I'm not saying that. I mean, I'll tell you guys all the time our mistakes. We tell it. We tell it. Listen, guys, we teach debt freedom. Why do we teach debt freedom? Because it's the best way to live. Now, it's good to make payments and to be able to make your payments on time. That's good. But that's not the best way. I said that's not the best way. Because, see, when they get into a bind, right, your slave master starts leaning on you. Well, no, they don't. I have a contract. You should read the entire contract. Right? I just believe that, that we are in a place where what we're hearing, this is the time when we've got to go ahead and do it, right? We just got to go ahead and do it, all right? We got to get our hearts established. So we said no fear. We're going to Psalm 112, verse 7. It says, look at this. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Go to verse 8. His heart is what? His heart is what? So if I have an established heart, I have no what? Fear. I have no fear. Listen, I have no fear. I have no fear of death. Well, Pastor Kim, do you get your annual? No, I don't get an annual nothing. Y'all shouldn't be telling them people that. Y'all shouldn't. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. All I can tell you is what we just read over in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. You can look at my conversation. You can hear the words I'm preaching, but you got to decide what you're going to do. I don't tell anybody. Don't come asking me about should I, would I. If you asking me, you better go ahead. But as for me, I don't need an annual nothing. Well, what about, what about what? What about God? No fear. See, maybe the reason we're in so much fear 
And maybe the reason we have so many questions is because we have not yet done Second Chronicles 2020 Part E. Because <laughs> it's a long verse. Where it says, believe the Lord your God, so, so shall you be established. And so when it comes to my health, I have chosen to believe God. I have chosen to say and to walk it out that no weapon is going to prosper. Right? That he'll keep this body in perfect peace. That no sickness, no plague that's on Egypt can come on me. No! And then when and if it comes, I said when and if it comes, I said when and if it comes, I'm not saying I've not had some scares, I'm not saying I've not had reason to say, ooh. You know what I do when it comes? I say, devil, you a liar. And I sing and I praise and I read and I pray and I meditate and I walk and I go to the mall. Come on here. I'm going to lay down because I want to lay down. I'm not going to lay down to try to feel better. I can't find one scripture that says lay down so you can feel better. When you don't feel good, get up and do something you couldn't do before. Come on. No fear. I said no fear. No fear of running out. I said no fear of running out. See, some of our hearts aren't being established because there's a fear in the financial realm that if I, then I will... You know, some of your problems is you just need to spend a thousand dollars. I said, some of your problem is you need to spend a thousand dollars and let's be done with it. Why? Because you have such a fear of running out that you're looking at that one little bitty thousand dollars like it's your whole life. God said, "Come on, all the gold is here, all the silver is here, the cattle on a thousand hills, release it, release it." Spend a thousand and watch God. I said, and watch God. I said, and watch your God who you say you trust so much. I'm telling you every now and then, she telling the people to spend their lives. I miss hush. I'm saying, Find that place where the devil has a hold on you. That place where your heart starts to flutter. That place where you start spewing stuff that you should not be spewing. And you, as my friend Eric Lemon would say, give the devil hell. This thousand dollars ain't finna hold me back. I said, this thousand dollars ain't finna hold me back. I said, this five dollars ain't finna hold me back. This twenty dollars, wherever you are, it's not Hold me back. It's not. It's not. It's not. God challenged me. God challenged me. You know, and, and I'm sure most, most of us will agree with this. There was a time in our lives when we were little children. I look at my little great nephew. I love that little boy. And um, 
he has a beautiful gold necklace that he wears. And I know it's a gold necklace because I bathed him in it. I wiped his neck and it ain't green yet. I said, amen. Amen. And then one day one of my daughters sent me an article about jewelry that's being sold in a couple of local stores that we know. Um, I'm not going to bother anybody because I don't want you getting fear about it. But it has a dangerous metal in it. Very dangerous metal. And so I said, ooh, I got a little bit of that to the house. And so the Lord, as I was sitting there thinking about that, and I was in the store, and I was looking at some nicer, some stuff over at the mall in Tampa. Not the first floor, the second floor. Not the first floor, the second floor. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this one guy. I ain't gonna call a name because he ain't gonna get no advertisement here. And I looked at it and I said, now that's what I ought to be wearing. You know what God said? Why aren't you? He said, why aren't you? But anything that you can get three necklaces for $10, you buy them and throwing them away. I said, you buy them and throwing them away. No, I'm going to tell you how bad it is. I found a spray that you can buy. I said, I found a spray you can buy. And God said, well, look at you with your faith filled. Look at, look at. He said, well, look at you. He said, well, look at you. But see, I found that place where my heart wasn't yet established. I, I, I read Ezekiel 16 where God only puts the finest things on his people. However, when I got to a place where it was time to purchase something, I felt myself always backing up to what I I said what I, when God said, I put gold bracelets on your wrists. He didn't say gold plated. He said I put gold bracelets. I'm supposed to be heaping up silver like it's dust. But fear. I said, but fear of running out. And he said, you know you've spent that, but fear makes you hoard. Fear makes you hoard a whole bunch of garbage. And faith will make you satisfied with the proper few. I got to have 15 pairs of black shoes and they will now pay a worth $25. You walk through a puddle and it's gonna, the cardboard coming out. No, really, y'all, let's, let's, no, let's, this, this, Pastor Kim. Am I telling the truth? You, you, you step around puddles. Why? Cause you, you know that, you know that can't get wet. You can't. But God needs our hearts. God needs our hearts established so that all of this treasure that's being heaped up has been heaped up can go ahead and be distributed. 
It's been laid up. I said it's been laid up. But it can't yet be distributed because our hearts aren't established enough to receive that. How many of you? I mean, just tell the truth. Your husband came home or your wife came home. I came home with a Rolex watch. Babe, I want you to have this. I know what your first question is going to be. to say, I'm not at that level yet. I said, we've conditioned our hearts to say, I'm not at that level yet. When Ezekiel, this ain't even my notes, my God help. Ezekiel 16, when, when God said, I found you children of Israel lying in the grass over there, in the dirt, covered in your own blood, animals, insects biting all over you. He says, I picked you up, I cleaned you up, and I placed on you, and I fed you with. What level had they attained to? I said, what level had they attained to? When God increases you, he's not looking for you to first go through the world's ranking system before you're qualified to have all of the goodness of heaven. He's saying it's already yours. But we don't have a heart yet. I said, we don't have a heart yet. I said, we don't have a heart yet to receive it. But we keep saying, God who richly supplies God who does all his grace is sufficient well let him I said well let him well let him I said well let him so how do you know if your heart's established you have no questions you have no fear and you'll have a real praise I said you'll have a real praise not a real praise when the praise team say it right, you know, oh, you know, Shantae was freestyling, it just took me there. We, we thoroughly enjoy it, so please, please. Do, do you, do you, I'm talking about a real praise. I'm talking about a praise when you remember you're 100 years old and your wife has been uh, infertile for decades. I'm talking about a real praise when your back hurts and your toe hurts and the strands of your hair hurts. I'm talking about when you can't make a dollar out of 15 cents. Tell me about your praise then. Tell me about your praise, faith giant. Hallelujah, when the car won't crank because there ain't no gas in it and you look in your wallet and you ain't got but a dollar 23 cents. Tell me about your praise then. 
Honey, if you can't get out of that, well, praise be to God. I said, well, praise be to God. Y'all, we have four head of children. Bless their hearts. And we made it our aim to please them. Because as a parent, it would, it would hurt me to sit around the table some Thanksgiving day, you know, when they're 30 and 40 years old. And you know, kids start to talking when they're grown. Yeah. I said, kids start to talking when they're grown. And they teenagers, well these teenagers, see when we were teenagers, we didn't say nothing. But these teenagers, they start talking early. You know, and, 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 and you hear them say things like, you know, all I wanted was, and, and I, I, yeah, Pastor Daddy just testified of that. The pain, no to a pair of Chuck Taylors because he made the basketball. What that, he just got over that. Dad Durbin has a similar testimony. Wanting to play basketball and dad wouldn't buy, wouldn't. Man, it would hurt me to hear them just jesting about their childhood. So I know, ladies and gentlemen, I know what it is to look at your children and know they need. I say not know they want. I say know they need. And you don't know how and from where. I'll never stop testifying about it. And at the same time, I will not apologize. I said it at the same time. I will not apologize. I remember the days, man. When all of them needed clothes. I said all of them. And they were all in weird sizes and none of them the same size. So even the two girls, you couldn't pass down Jack. was a boy and he definitely wasn't going to wear his sister's things. And you're looking and you're saying, God, how? But that's all right. We're going to praise. That's all right. We're going to church. That's all right. We're going to tie. That's all right. That's all right. I can't tell you the number of times my dad who doesn't shop. I said, my dad who doesn't shop would come in with bags from the gap. I didn't say bags from Kmart, I said bags from the Gap. Get them to the kids. I mean, just recently, I needed cleats for that boy. I don't have an average size 12 year old. I don't know what it is to buy a size 10 or a size 12 or a size 14. I never bought an eight. I never bought a six slim. I never bought those sizes. See, I can tell the truth because he's not in here. I am buying 33 waists for my 12 year old. A month, two months ago, we needed cleats. I said, we needed cleats. He needed cleats the next day. 
Because he had been going to practice, and I didn't go to the practices. When the dad come home and say, hey, that baby needs some cleats, that baby needs some cleats. Because you know the daddy think you get, you know, you get more, one more week out of those. <laughs> He's budget man, I mean, come on. You get one more week. The baby needed cleats. Now I've trained myself. But I felt myself wanting to do the natural thing. And I was sitting online, I mean, I clicked for hours. Click, click, click. I'm on Amazon. Somebody gonna give me some cleats here tomorrow and they're gonna be at the price I wanna pay. And I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm sitting on the sofa and the Lord said, what are you doing? He said, what are you doing? He said, this ain't how you operate. Now, earlier that day, I was next door cleaning the uh, building too and I said, okay, God, I need some cleats in here. And they've gotta be the right color because they wear uniforms, right? They've got to be the right size, and on top of that, I need them to be plastic cleats because I'm not ready for him to wear metal cleats. And on top of that, I need him to be a a mid-top or a high-top cleat because he has a pronated ankle. I said, okay, God, a rolling ankle. So I said, okay, God, this is what I need. This is what I need, and I'm just struggling. I feel myself wanting to cut back because Sometimes in faith, you think you help God by saving money. I was at, I'm going to help God. I'm going I'm I'm to save some money here. So finally, the Lord says about 630 in the evening, the Lord said, what are you doing? Ask this boy what cleats he wants, and let's go to this store and get these cleats. Jonathan, come over here to this computer. Well, go to Dick's. Which, which cleat you want? Which cleat you want? So he picked out the cleat. He picked out the cleat. Okay, let's go. Hey, we got to go to Dick's. The one in Tampa don't close at 930. Let's ride. All right, let's ride. We get to Dick's, and the cleat is not on the wall. The cleat is not in the store. God, we, we, it was online. It said, he said, we don't even carry the high top Adidas cleat. In the... Oh, God. I said, okay. I said, this is what I need. I need a red baseball cleat with plastic uh, cleats with a high top. The young man went in back and he came out. He said, this is all I have. I said, that's all you have. Sit down, put it on. I said, oh, that ain't the right size. John said, mine ain't this size. Because it was a size 10. 10. 10, or not and a half. 10. 10. 10. Men's 10. A men's baseball cleat with a plastic cleat on it. And it's, I said, he can't wear a 10. I'm looking for a nine wide, man. I'm looking for a nine what? John, his foot. Ma, the shoe fits. Red plastic cleat. Molded cleat. High top. Under Armour. I said, Under Armour, because you know, you don't want your baby on the field looking. You don't want him on the field. You know how much God paid for him? $29.97. I went there to spend 90. But my God said, what are you doing? Go. Get up and go. I have what you're looking for waiting on you. Even if I had ordered it on Amazon, I didn't know the right size. 
Hallelujah. So no questions. No fear. And you got to have a real praise. I don't think I made it to Romans 4 verse 20, did I? Did I say giving glory to God? Yeah, there it is. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Giving glory, that's doxa. Giving praise, giving worship, giving thanks to God even before. I said, even before, not once it manifested, before an established heart is a heart full of praise. Amen? Amen. Oh, so can I get to prosperity without it? No. No. We saw it in Psalm 112. We saw it in 2 Chronicles 20. We saw it in Hebrews 13. In the mouths of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So no, you cannot get to your prosperity without settling your heart. I said without settling your heart. Yes, yeah, single women. Yes, he's coming. No, he's not. I'm believing. That's all right. I'm ready. No, I'm not. I want a husband. No, I don't. Okay, married women. Oh, I found my dream man. Oh, I can't stand him. Forever and for always. Not this month. Till death do us part. Up until you did that. That's just crazy. Double-minded. Unstable in all its ways. I'm going to prove it to you. So no, you can't get there without an established heart. You're not going to get to a happy home. Come on, I said you're not going to get to a happy home. Always complaining about each other. You're not going to get to a happy You're not going to get there. You're not. You're not going to get to prosperity, real financial prosperity. Come on, if you keep getting freaked out every time somebody spend a dime, leave me alone about them shoes. Come on, no, not him, he don't bother me about no, he don't bother me. It was fun, I took Liv to class the other day and I had to hang out there because she had a short day so I wasn't gonna drive back and forth. And uh, I told Liv, I said, your dad ain't gonna let me hang out on this part of town no more. Cause I just shopped all morning. And so I came home and I, cause he checked the bank account. Urgh. Every day. Yeah, he got to know the state of his flock. He don't go to sleep till he know. He don't, I'm telling you. And I'm saying, oh, no, he's going to say something in a minute. And he didn't. So can I get there without an established heart? No. No. Why? Because we live, <laughs> because we live and we walk by faith. That's the only lifestyle God even honors, right? Right? So Habakkuk 2 and 4. You don't have to turn these. You, I just want you to write these down. In case you're new here to this faith teaching, four times it tells us that the just should live by faith. Habakkuk 2 and 4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 2.20, 2 
Hebrews 10 and 38. But we learn to walk by faith in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. Now, I do want to look at Mark 11, 23. That's the one I want to look at. Because you cannot, man, get to where you're going to be until we get this heart right. For verily I say to you that whosoever, so does that disqualify anybody? Young or old, male or female, black or white, I'm broke because a man won't let me up. No, you broke because you won't listen to God. You broke because you squeezing George Washington off that dollar bill. Let it go. No, let him breathe. My God. Bring my change back. Stop acting like that. My God. Man, squeezing money so hard you don't even know it's a new hundred dollar bill. Let the money move. Come on now. So whosoever. I said whosoever. Black, white, green, purple, male, female, blue. It don't matter shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not So doubt is an unestablished, unstable, undecided heart. So if I shall not doubt in my heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, look at this, he shall have only the spiritual things he says. He shall have only the spiritual things he says. No, he shall have what so. Start saying something. Start saying something. And if you're not seeing what you want, stop saying what you've been saying because what you've been saying has been getting you that. And I'm sure you don't want that anymore. I ain't never gonna. First of all, it's bad English. Number two, that's why you have that. This car always. These kids always. My wife always. My husband always. My boss always just shut up and start speaking what you actually want. If you can't say anything good, if you can't say anything prosperous, shut up. Did she say? I said, shut up. You talk too much. You never shut up. About killing me. Oh, my feet. They're killing me. Child, every time I eat poke. 
whatsoever. I said whatsoever. You say. You say. You say. I can't ever. I'm going to just. That's all you'll ever have. And so even in this time of great manifestation and in this time of increase, you'll look up in 5789 and still be lacking and still be hoping and a wishing. Still be covetous, because you know the covetousness is coming back, right? I said the covetousness is coming back. If you don't get this heart established, the covetousness will come back. You know why? Because fuck around, you're going to keep this thing moving. And if you've not yet settled your heart that God wants the best for you, you start looking around and wondering, well, where's my God? I'm going to just go get me one. I'm going to just, I'm going to just, I'm just, this faith ain't take too long. I'm going to just go get me one and I'm just going to believe. That's right. Faith takes too long. Keep saying that. I said, keep saying that. No, keep saying that. How long did it take Mary? Go to Luke 1. Go to Luke 1. Let me try 29. And when she saw him, the angel, she was troubled at his sayings and cast in her, in her mind what manner of salutation should this be. She was troubled. Mary was troubled at the word that came to her. Now, Go to 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Now, in the midst of that, she asked, How shall this thing be? She still had questions. You see that? She still had questions. Her heart was not yet established until we got there to verse 38. How shall this thing be? Now, God's going to help her. I said, God helped her. God will help you too. As long as you're in communication with him and not in communication with yourself. See, when you're in communication with yourself or in the communication with flesh, God can't help you. But if you're communicating with him, he will help you. How shall this thing be? He says the Holy Ghost is going to come. He's going to overshadow you. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. That which in you, he's going to be holy. He's going to be magnificent. He's going to be wonderful. Guess what? She leaves and she goes down to take care of her cousin Elizabeth. Before she leaves, by the time she's gone, she's already. I said she's already. So your increase is not a time-based thing. It's not waiting 20 years after you get your heart established. No, the moment you get your heart established, the moment you do what Mary did, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word, be it unto me, it happened. I said, it happened. You're in a prophetic time. So the moment you get that right, it's going to flow. All right? So without faith, it's impossible to please God. We know that from Hebrews 11 and 6. 
Here's another reason why you gotta know you've gotta have an established heart. God refuses to work with double-mindedness. Faith is a requirement. And if you've not figured that out by now, an established heart is a faithful heart. Faithful heart. He refuses to work with double-mindedness. Go to James 1 and verse 5. I think I gave it to you in the J.B. Phillips New, Trans New Testament. Hallelujah. It says, and if... In the process, any of you does not know how to meet any particular problem, he has only to ask who? God. Ask God. God has a problem when you're asking yourself, when you're doubting and questioning. But you can ask him with you. Some you don't know, ask him, right? It says, who gives generously to all men without making them feel foolish or guilty. And he may be quite sure that the necessary wisdom will be given him. But he must ask in sincere faith without secret doubts as to whether he really wants God's help or not. The man who trusts God, must, trust God but with inward reservation is like a wave of the sea carried forward by the wind one moment and driven back the next. That sort of man cannot hope to receive anything from God, and the life of a man div with divided loyalty will reveal instability at every turn. King James says unstable in all his ways. Oh, well, no, I have faith for healing, I just don't have faith for finances. It don't work like that. Well, I have great faith for other people, I just don't have faith for myself. No, no, you just don't have an established heart yet. But the moment that heart gets established, increase comes, all right? Why else do we know that prosperity won't come without a made-up mind, an established heart? It's because we have an adversary, ladies and gentlemen. I said we have an adversary. Hmm, go to Luke 6:48, And he, he's out there doing stuff, creating havoc, messing with folk. We know this parable here about the two houses built, the winds come, the rains come, the floods come, they beat on the houses. But watch this, one built his house on the sand, one built his house on a rock. Same situation and circumstances hit both houses. Same circumstance, look at this. 648 says, he is like a man which built in a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the steam beat vehemently upon that house and could not what? Shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Do you have that word in the Greek founded for me? That word founded means they laid the foundation, they made it stable, the house was established. So when winds come and storms come, and pains come and distresses come when your house is built upon a rock when you're established it won't fall listen you can come the shaking can come but you can't be shaken down it can come you know we saw that uh, tornado uh, not tornado hurricane michael tore up the panhandle from what i understand there are whole cities that no longer exist and i just don't understand why the news ain't saying more you know because i didn't know i just thought you know you know, I'm fresh off of Irma. 
No, we said no, and she didn't come. Irma girl had to go somewhere else. But I, don't, I didn't know. I didn't know until I was speaking with someone, and they said, you know, no, there are whole cities that are gone. But we saw an article about this one house, this one house that stood on Mexico Beach, one house. Do you know why that house stood? Because the man said when he and his nephew built the house, they built it to go beyond the codes that that county, Bay County, set for that region. They said, no, you say 175 mile per hour winds, no, we're gonna build for 200 mile per hour winds. They exceeded, and I'm telling you, when the rains came and the floods came and they beat upon that house, that house stood. Why? Because they drove pilings deep until they hit a rock. The reason most of us are being shaken right out of our boots because we're not building a house where we've dug the foundation deep, deep. I'm not talking about no shallow living. Come on, when the sand shift, you shift. Listen, if you're easily offended, your heart's not established. If somebody can crack on you and make you mad and not laugh, you're not established. I'm just telling you the truth. Because when you know who you are in Christ, I couldn't care less what nobody. If it's true, I might laugh with you. If you lie, I might take on the spirit of Paul and bust you in your mouth. No, I'm just. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just playing. But we have an adversary. So things will come. But as our man of God said, we won't be shaken by the shakeup. We won't be shaken. And I know we heard that at the other church. But we thought he was just talking about, this is what God said. You're just talking about church. But we've all experienced a shakeup. But God wants us to get to a place that when it comes, we don't move. We're standing on the solid rock of Christ, solid rock of his word, okay? So you have an adversary. And also follow Abraham. Consider your example. He staggered not. Because why? Because he was not weak in faith. All right? Now, how do I do this, Pastor Kim? You know, said all this stuff. How do I do it? Quick and easy. Three simple steps. One, understand the person and nature of Christ. Get to know who God is. Most of us are walking around with an erroneous picture of Christ. We saw over in Hebrews 13.8. Go back to that for me, Hebrews 13.8. It says, Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if Jesus yesterday was healing the lame, then Jesus today and forevermore will heal the lame. Come on now, if Jesus yesterday healed a woman with an issue of blood, then today he will heal a woman with an issue of blood and he will do it also tomorrow. Come on. If he was increasing people years ago, he is still increasing people. My God, so he doesn't change. He doesn't change. He's still doing the same thing he's always done and he's going to continue to do it. He is not subject to change. 
He is the most dependable of all created. He's the most dependable. He won't change on you. Well, I don't know what God's will is. What do you mean? His will is the same as it was. He don't care because you're 40 now, you're 60 now, you're 80. Well, I don't know. He didn't change. Well, I know what he said then, but, but what? He didn't change. It's the same. If he told you at 20 you were going to do great things, you're still going to do great things even though you're 50 now. He didn't change. All right? So he's not subject to change. Got to understand the person of Christ. Listen, he cannot lie. I said he cannot lie. Uh, go to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. And we'll do that in the message. When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. Keep going for me. He said, I promise that I will bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Verse 15. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. Verse 16, when people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them so that if there's any question that they'll make good on the promise, the authority will back them up, right? So when I make a promise, I owe my mama whatever. That's the best we can do sometimes. Name's just a mess. But when Christ, goes, watch this, go to the next one. But when God wants to guarantee his promise, I said when God wants to guarantee his promise, that's why most people need a co-signer, right? You know that, right? You don't need a co-signer just because, you know. No, you need a co-signer because your name, your promise don't mean much. Bring your great auntie in here. She's always paid her bills. Now her promise means something, right? But when God wanted to guarantee his promise, he gave his word, a, a rock solid guarantee. Verse 18, God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, right? Jesus Christ is the word, his word cannot change. The promise is likewise unchangeable. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. Why? Because God cannot lie. He does not change, all right? Person of Christ, he's full of compassion. You know God wants you to succeed? God wants you to make it? Come on, he wants you to win. He wants you to be prosperous. Man, we make him look good when we are, all right? How else do I do this? Number two, spend more time in the word. Reading and listening and meditating. Go back to Hebrews 13 and 9 for me. It says, look, be not carried away with divers and strange doctrines. Listen, there are a lot of voices in the earth. A lot of voices, man. People are doing some outrageous things right now. Christian people. I said Christian people. Christian people sitting in the sanctuary doing yoga. Come on, y'all and then wonder why they can't settle in on this word. Christian people with healing beads. Healing, you wearing my, yo, yo, you, you holding, you, what? I'm only telling you what I know, geodes in your pocket. 
Christian people. Certain scents you gotta have. Oh, I have to have patchouli and frankincense. What the word, what, what is you talking about? What you talking about? No, Christian people. Big names. Doing all sorts of crazy things because they're being carried away with diverse and strange doctrines. And can I tell you something? If your heart's not established and you're not spending time in this word, you will be carried away with all sorts of, because they make it sound so good and so interesting, right? Go to Hebrews chapter 4. I'm just going to prove this to you. Verses 11 and 12. I sent it to you in the Passion Translation. For we have the living word of God, listen to this, which is full of energy and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate. Uh-oh, I lost my last page. Oh, there it is. To the very core of our being where soul and spirit and bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of your heart. So if I spend more time in this word, I, it will reveal to me whether or not my heart is stayed with God, all right? Number three. This is the tough one. We've got to spend more time in church. You want an established heart or not? Yeah. We got to be in church. Well, what y'all got all that internet for? For people who can't come to church. Or for partners who are somewhere and they can't get to the word. But it ain't for the person sitting down the street. Because here's the truth. When you're home and you're trying to watch the word, you're not watching the word. You're not. You're cooking greens. You playing Candy Crush. You folding sheets. All while you doing it, while you listening to the word? No. But yeah, here's why we gotta go to church. Go to uh, Hebrews chapter, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 uh, through 14. We're gonna spend more time in church. I think I gave you this in the Passion, but I'll read it this way. It says, and he appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. Now, can I tell you something? I love y'all, but I'm not coming to your house to be your personal pastor. So if you want what's on the evangelist's life, what's on the apostle's life, what's on the pastor's life, what's on the teacher's life, you need to be where they are. And they are in church. It makes no sense with the amount of word that's in this house that we're not having to knock the walls down. It makes no sense that there's not one church on this side with a building program that's really needed. Not building because you got an ego, I'm building because you need it. But the problem is, is nobody's going to church because we want a brunch on Sunday. Can I tell you something? Brunch is not gonna get you to your prosperity. That mimosa is not gonna get you to your prosperity. 
Come on, it's, it's just, hey, let's stop. Let's stop. What's more important than getting the word you need so that your heart can be fixed, so you can go ahead and manifest what you need to manifest, all right? It says, these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness and faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. Until we all experience, not two or three, until we all experience what it is to know the fullness of God. So we're going to spend more time in church. Now, I already told you this process doesn't take long. I said it don't take long. I'm done. It doesn't take long. The moment you say, okay, God, whatever you say, we're going to do it. I'm going to get my mind out of it. I'm going to get my intellect out of it. I'm going to get my emotions out of it. I'm going to get my passions out of it. I'm going to get my desires out of the way. I'm going to get my, my own personal endeavors out of the way. Whatever you say, God, that's what it'll be. That's when things turned around in our lives. We were sitting in our bed in our little house on 16th Street, the cutest little bungalow. But we were broke. We were broke. At that time with three children. Yeah, Jonathan, he was there, wasn't he? Yeah, four. He was, that's right, he was the four. We were broke. Little house, we fixed it up the best we could with those people money. You know, we got those people money. <laughs> and we did. We fixed it up the best we could. The bank, yeah, that's the, the, those are the people money. Not these people. Oh. Oh no, going to jail for nobody. <laughs> but no, borrowed money and, and did the best we could. And I think one night we were sitting in the bed watching Jesse DePlanis. And yeah, and you know, he talked this stuff that we used to mock because it just can't be, it can't, it can't possibly be that way. I didn't know any Christians. I'm raised in church. I didn't know any Christians who were happy. I'm raised in church, never missed a Sunday. Bible study, we went in our pajamas so we could go to bed when we went home. Junior women's meeting, we were there. Sunday school, there. Never missed anything and I didn't know a happy Christian. I didn't know a Christian who didn't owe everybody in town. Everybody had Cadillacs, but they were all making payments. This man laughing? Why is this man laughing like this? Is he wearing a Rolex? How is he dressing like this? How is he healthy like this? And we sat there and we decided, you know what? Enough. Whatever God says to do, we're going to do it. And we're not going to think about it. I said, we're not going to think about it. See, because what happens is when you start thinking about it and consulting with other things, you start sowing your field with mixed seed. I'm trying to find TV that has no commercials. So somebody tell me what that is. I might have to turn it off. Just 
but I like gun smoke. That's, that's, my, my, that's my one thing. That's my one thing. My husband's parent for deliverance. <laughs> but you know, it's hard to keep fighting and to keep hearing, have you been around asbestos? You have, you may have mesothelioma. And it doesn't matter if you've smoked, there's money waiting on you. Have you taken Invulcana and suffered from, and it goes on and on and on and on. Oh, mother died and she left us with this mountain of debt. We are still paying for this stuff. You know, they always have the black lady. We're still paying for this stuff. It's hard. Oh no, baby, you won't have to worry. Mommy got a, it's not an inheritance. I said, what did she just say? I heard when she said that. She said, it's not an inheritance. It's just, just enough to cover my final expenses. Yeah. So what happens? What happens? What happens when you sit with your coworkers at work and they're going on and on and on about the BMW they bought and the boat they bought and the trip they took and their great weekend and what they smoked and what they drank and what they ate. And, what, and then you come back and you're like, Come home, what's wrong with you? Nothing. <laughs> but why you not talking? I am. You want something? <laughs> and so now our hearts, and now our hearts, so now our hearts, so now our hearts are being drawn away from this word and drawn to all of that, doubt, unbelief, sickness, poverty, death, disappointment. But I tell you this, if we would go ahead and say, God, today, I'm establishing my heart. No more questions. I'm not gonna tiptoe around your promises anymore with cautiously skeptical questions. No more, no more fear, God. I am going to live the life you told me to Without thinking, I said, without thinking about it. I'm gonna let you lead me in everything I do. God might lead you to clean out half your closet. He did that to us. Because we found out a part of that poverty spirit that was on us was us holding on to things we didn't even want. Just so we can say we have them. Why do I still have this? And it, get rid of it. He might be telling somebody, you need to save a thousand. He might be telling somebody, you need to spend a thousand. Whatever he tells you to do, you do it. And watch your heart. Watch your heart. Start to get so fixed on this word, I don't care what the devil brings. I said, I don't care what the devil brings. It won't move you. And then the next thing you know, now you're increasing. Now you're increasing. Now why? Because you now have a foundation that you can build on. Some of us, we've been building too long on sand. And it looks, some of those houses, 
in the panhandle were pretty. When I say beautiful houses, beautiful beach houses. They were just pretty, but they weren't on a sure foundation. So when the winds came and the floods came and beat upon that house, great, great was the fall, but not us anymore, amen? Yes. This is our time for increase. Yes. This, I said this is our, yes. yes, get your praise, get excited. This is our time for increase. Here's the key, hold on, hold on, hold on, here's the key. Training your heart. You can stand up, I'm done, I'm going home to eat. Not home to eat, because I didn't grocery shop. I know they're going to tell it, so I just go ahead and tell it, because I know they're going to tell it. I was in the Word. Listen, this is another way you can train yourself, and I really want this house to, be, to become this way. When you hear something, and it's right, get excited about it. disconnect. Yeah. Pastor Kim's so extra. I am. Because I have to be. I have to be. Why? Because I have a husband tied to me. I have four children tied to me. Now I got a great nephew. He's so cute. Tied to me. Come on now. Come on, listen to me. I got all of you tied to me. I cannot afford. Too many people following me for me to, oh my God, to, to, to slow down. To, I mean, listen, y'all going to increase, but you're going to have to work hard to catch me. Because I'm not stopping. I tell my kids that. Oh, mama, I'm about, you ain't going to buy me no house. Because by the time you're able to buy me a house, my taste is it probably be so far to what you can pay for a baby. Don't even, baby, don't even, baby, don't even stress yourself. Don't, baby, don't even. Mm -mm. No, that wasn't you. That was you. Know that wasn't you. Wasn't you. you. You see what I'm saying? We gotta stay excited. Shout about a word. Shout about it. Dance about it. Huh? trucks. I mean, when you see monstrous, you see the big old wheels that are, you know, eight feet tall, rolling over smaller cars. You're going to get so monstrous in the spirit, you're going to be rolling over sickness, rolling over disease, rolling over lack, rolling over poverty. Come on! Rolling over debt. It's over. It's over. Many of you should have been out of debt last year. But you kept questioning. God, do you really want me out of debt? Is that your will? Is debt freedom your will? 
Do I pay it off faster? Shh. Whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Father God, we love you in this house and we bless your name. We exalt you above all other names, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for this place you positioned us in. God, we thank you that there is a house that we can run to when and if any perilous times come our way. We thank you, God, that in your house there's always an answer. We bless your name, Father. Oh God, for giving us a word on time for increase, God. We thank you for showing us, God, how to increase, God. Now, God, we won't allow this word to fall on deaf ears, oh no. God, whatever you tell us to do, we're done questioning, we're done doubting, we're done living our lives in fear, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it, God. Because we know that there's souls that are waiting on us to manifest. There's souls that need us to manifest. God, there are people who need our help. And no longer will we turn anyone away because we're deficient. Oh no, God, we're gonna allow you to do big things in our lives. We receive that word of the monstrous being done in our lives. We receive it, God. We don't question, we receive it. We receive it. Be it unto us, Lord, according to your word. Be it unto us. We thank you for this time, God. Now we ask God, we ask you for souls. We ask you for souls. Those who are still struggling with whether they're good enough, whether they, God, have done enough good things. No, God, let them know now. Comfort your people now by your spirit. And let them know that you paid the price. You paid the price, God. The greatest foundation that anyone could lay is making Jesus their Lord. So God, we ask for the souls in this house right now in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Is there anybody in this house you've not yet accepted Jesus? You know, you can shout, you can dance, you can laugh, you can, man, you can give tithes and offerings, sow seed. You can confess the entire Bible. But if you've not laid that foundation, 